Hey, party people. I am so excited that you've joined me for another podcast for the week. I'm very excited to tell you that I'm coming to you from the uber professional recording location of my very small closet. Me and my dog, Richie, have kind of sequestered ourselves in here for quiet space because when you live with two teenagers that are both in high school and are quarantined, you're basically homeschooling them full time. And my husband has about one million and seven Zoom calls a day, and he has what I call a Zoom voice. It's like he speaks at deafening levels, and so I'm basically just hiding out my closet to record this podcast just for you. So this is love, friends. Today, we've got an awesome episode coming your way, and we're going to be talking about how to live our lives to the fullest potential and operating on all cylinders. How, you may ask, is when to do that? I'm so glad you asked, friend. Today, I'm having a conversation with Alex Seeley. She's a church leader, author, conference speaker, and she and her husband, Henry, are leading the church Belonging Co. in Nashville, Tennessee. She is a mom. Yes, I said mom because she's from Australia and wife living with this crazy supernatural grace on her life to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we could ask, think, hope or imagine because she understands the power of God's Holy Spirit living inside of us. I met Alex a couple years ago, but our quick encounter left an indelible mark on my heart and my life. I knew this woman was anointed, but it wasn't until we both were invited to speak at a conference in Dubai in United Emirates that I got to actually spend a couple days with her and I saw her fully not just preach with the power of God's presence, which I knew that she could, but I saw her live her everyday life with God's spirit empowering her. Now, before you think that she eats manna for breakfast and hovers around on holiness, my favorite part about Alex is that she is so normal and so real. If you need proof of this, let me let you listen to a hilarious conversation between her and her husband because she forgot her microphone and she didn't know how to set up her microphone before we started this podcast. Okay. You know what? Maybe that's part of the podcast. Maybe you just start oh, with like and bringing in the presence of God through worship. Hold on, Bianca. Yeah. Hello. Oh, you sound amazing. Shut up at a cut of a shit. Oh, she's starting, folks. She's starting. Oh, we're gonna have a good one. Henry, we're you're a gem. I love oh, you. Look at I got agape you. I don't want to be creepy. I agape you. Thanks for bringing in the microphone. <laughs> And now he's like, praise the Lord. My wife is a professional, really. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's crazy and I'm here for it. So before we jump into the podcast, I love casting clarity and vision for each of the topics each week. And if you're new to the podcast, I usually start off with a story of the concept that we're going to be discussing and the guests that I brought on to discuss this. So I know that some people listen to the podcast might not be people of faith or maybe have different faith backgrounds. So let me give you some general concept and explore the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. I'm often asked, how do we know if God is speaking to us? Or worse yet, people believe God doesn't speak to them. I concur that we might not ever have the privilege of audibly hearing the voice of God. I mean, I hope I do one day. But I believe that God can and does speak to us, even if it's in different ways. If you're feeling confused or unsure of the Holy Spirit's role in your life, you aren't alone. Paul the Apostle wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 12, 1, and he said, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So when we talk about the Holy Spirit, I, like Paul the Apostle, said to the early churches, I don't want us to be ignorant of the gifts and the power that we possess, the power of God's Spirit. Something happens when believers are filled with the Spirit of God. The question I have for us today before we jump into the podcast is, do we believe in God or do we believe God? Have we rationalized, theorized, quantified the Holy Spirit so that the Spirit is so far from us that we don't see a need for him? Do we recognize the Holy Spirit as part and parcel of our daily activities? 
C.H. Spurgeon said, Without the Spirit of God, we can do nothing. We are ships without wind. We are useless. John 14, verses 12 through 14 says this, and this is the words of Jesus. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Well, what did Jesus do here on earth? And usually when I ask this question to believers, they have a tendency, and we have a tendency, to always talk about the supernatural. He multiplied food. He caused the lame to walk, the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dead to live, you know. But he also did a lot of natural things. And sometimes I think that we downplay that. He forgave his enemies. He loved those who despised him. He loved the outcast. He defended the needy. He fed people. When we do these things, when we are filled with the Spirit of God, we have that promise of Jesus that the things that he did, we will do these and greater. So I, me personally, began to believe not just in God, but believe God. And I became selfish. If God was going to give me gifts, I wanted all the gifts. So I began asking for everything. Give me an extra dose of the Holy Ghost. Come on, rain on me, Jesus. God, pour out your power on me. I want to be your hands. I want to be your feet. I want to be your voice. So give me your words. I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to think like you. So if you are with me, say amen. Now, now I don't want to take a whole lot of time, but here are five ways that I've undoubtedly oversimplified to help us understand how we might hear from God before we get into this podcast. I always advocate for the best way to hear from God is through his written word. So number one, if you're a note taker, I want you to jot down the Bible. Yes, friends, God's word is active and alive and sharper than a two-edged sword to pierce bone and marrow. When we read his word, it's a direct letter to us. Number two, Maybe the best way that you sense God speaking to you is that you are a, what I referred to in, in the study of prophetic personalities as a knower. A knower is someone who can't explain or articulate why or how, but they just know that this is what they're supposed to do, or this is what's going to happen, or this is what decision needs to be made. They have that gut feeling about someone or something, and maybe you are a knower. So let me back this up with scripture to wrap some theology around this. Acts 16 provides a great example of a knower. Paul, who previously had visions and physically heard from God, simply decided intuitively to bring Timothy on the journey with him. And we see the fruit of his knowing by the church and the ministry that was a result of Timothy's life. Uh, My husband, Matt, he is a knower. He couldn't explain it, but he knew we had to start the church, the Father's House, Orange County. He just knew it. I didn't know it. And so I asked him, can you please give me like a greater sign or a scripture to back this up? But he said, I I know that God's talking to me because I know that he's talking to me. So here are some strengths of a knowers. The knowers, they have the ability to push through barriers. They're commonly right about the way it'll turn out, which is kind of frustrating. So they're kind of like the know-it-alls. They will encounter the word of God and there's very little to stop them. I love that they're stole worthy, like nothing's going to move them because they know that God told them to do something. If you're taking note, here's some weaknesses for the knowers. Knowers have a tendency to overvalue their knowing and leave others behind. They're just kind of like jump on board and deal with it. So it's important if you are a knower to verbalize what you know so others can join in. When God changes directions, sometimes knowers might miss it. They might know the word without the presence of God leading them. So it's super important if you are a knower to constantly be checking back in with God and saying, God, where are you leading? Okay, so the first one is the Bible. The second is a knower. Maybe the third one is someone who experiences God through dreams or visions. These are the visionaries, and they can, they can see a clear image of what is to come. I would say that if you sensed God in this way, you're a seer. Maybe you might see a word or a number or a picture. Let me back this up with some scripture in First Chronicles 29, 29. The Bible records the events of King David's reign and includes, From the beginning to end, they are written in the records of Samuel the seer. 
the records of Nathan the prophet and the records of Gad the seer. So it's even documented through God's word that there are people who, whether through mental images or scenes in their mind, a seer has faith for what is impossible and they're dedicated to seeing it fulfilled. So the strength of a seer is that you have faith for what you've seen uh, in the supernatural and you draw people into that faith for what could be. Now, here's the weakness of a seer. You might grow weary in the waiting and you're questioning the vision. Did I really see that? Maybe here's the fourth one. Maybe you hear God speaking to you and it might not be an audible voice, but maybe it's like a still quiet voice or voice within and you just know that God's speaking to you. We see a great example of this in 1 Samuel 3. The young prophet Samuel hears from God directly calling from him in the middle of the night. Whether it was an audible voice or something Samuel heard within, this is a beautiful example of God speaking to his children in direct ways. If you're a hearer, you might find yourself saying, I heard God say this, or I heard God say that. You listen to the inner voice of what the Spirit of God is telling you. So your strength is, hearers will usually hear things and use their own life or voice to communicate what God has told them. But here's the weakness. Sometimes as hearers, there's a propensity to add your own words. So ensure what you're hearing is what you say and don't influence it by some of your own feelings, your own words. And lastly, maybe you physically feel something or empathetically feel something. You can walk into a space and you just feel what's going on. You are someone who senses God through what you're feeling. And feelers are used to being interrupted by God. You'll encounter it and maybe you'll feel something emotionally, but God is interrupting you with your emotions to get your attention and to partner with him what's going on so that you can connect to it through the act of intercession. I'm totally a feeler. I'll walk in and I'll get a feeling of a room real quick. You know who I love in the Bible? I definitely get David was a feeler. He was so emo. If you look at his words in Psalms, I mean, he is feeling things. Even his prophetic Psalms of Jesus on the cross, he was feeling this. So our strength as feelers is that we can experience God's emotions. We can catch spiritual moments that many people will miss. Like I said, King David had all the feels and Psalms are a great way to back this up. But our weakness as feelers is sometimes our feelings can lead us astray. Uh, as if our emotions go unchecked, it will definitely let us go off course. We must always seek God to see, are these feelings from him or are these feelings in our own issues? Now that we laid the groundwork of this conversation, I want this foundation of how we hear from God through the power of his spirit. I want to jump into this conversation with my dear friend, Alex Seeley. I hope you enjoy. Alex, welcome to We're Going There. And I think we've already had a podcast in and of itself because I got to encounter you and your husband and your amazing uh, ability to just love your husband so well to run up and grab microphones. So we are professional up in here. Alex, welcome to the podcast. Honestly, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a joy. I've been looking forward to this, I'll be honest, because I love you so much. So, Well, I'm I am excited. excited. I am excited. Um, as I mentioned to the listeners before, I feel like every time I am around you, you awaken something new inside of me. And that is what I'm believing is going to happen in the podcast. For people who don't know you, they will love you by the end of this show. And um Little caveat, I remember going to The Belonging Co. in Nashville, Tennessee for the first time. This was years ago. And I remember during worship saying, I, I wish that there was a church near me like this. And little did I know that it was an itty bitty little seed that God kind of planted in my heart because fast forward years later, our churches are very different. I can't even pretend to be like y'all, but 
Um, but fast forward no, years but later, it's the spirit. It's in the, the spirit. It's the spirit in the church. And I look at you and Henry and like how you guys are leading. And let me just say, it is inspiration. So thank you for your time today. You're welcome. Okay, Alex. Um, I think that there is no one else who I have heard who speaks about the presence of God, the tangible presence of God uh, in our lives in a way that you do. And so I talk to, um, and I'm sure you do too. I'm sure we're talking to people in our churches, people in coffee shops, people in airplanes and conferences who are living, I think the phrase that just comes to mind is half-baked lives. And can you talk to us? I want to know, like, what's that thing that makes you come alive and how do you share that with other people? Yeah, it's funny. I, I I have a friend that always says to me that I'm the eternal energizer bunny. She goes yes. like, how do you, you know, in spiritual things, she goes, You're all, I've never seen you have a flat day when it comes to God and his purpose and everything about, you know, the church and your ministry life. And I said, honestly, it's one word. It's only one word and it's a person and that person is Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that energizes and gives me a effervescent experience in my faith walk that I would not be who I am today without the power and the person of Holy Spirit. And I, I love what you said because that's been my pet peeve, if you like, is that Christians who deny the power thereof that is available to them because of the cross. We love salvation. But there's a lot of Christians that are saved but don't walk in the freedom and the power that has been afforded us by Jesus Christ. And if Jesus said, it's better that I go away so that the Holy Spirit can be with you, to be your comforter, your guide, your teacher. It's like he basically gave us himself in spirit form, yet the church has just taken the salvation part but not allowed us to walk in the power. And if he said to his disciples, don't you dare go anywhere, don't you start your ministry until you've been clothed with power from on high, then mm. what are we doing without the Holy Spirit? We're just speaking good motivational sermons. We're just speaking good positive messages, but we don't have the power that actually transforms lives. And that's the thing that awakens, makes me alive, and keeps me on fire. So what does this look like in the everyday? So we can talk about this big theological concept. Take me through, like, what does that look like for Alex? And then we'll talk about, like, let's, yeah. let's break it down after that. Yeah, I mean, my life, since I was field, like, I got saved at the age of 11, and I had been in church my whole life, you know, grew up in a Christian home, but it wasn't until I got saved that I actually, even though I was young, I had this encounter of the revelation of what sin separates us. Mm. I felt the chasm literally shrink the minute that I gave my life to Jesus. I felt this weight come off me and there was a joy unspeakable that filled my heart that I couldn't stop smiling for days. The week later, I went to a little, I went to this little Italian Pentecostal independent church. You know, it's about 200 people in it. They preach their messages in Italian and it was not cool. It was not fancy. But this particular Sunday, he was talking about Holy Spirit. And before the service had even finished, I found myself running up to the altar and just raising my hands going, 
I want whatever he's offering. Mm. And the pastor didn't even know what to do with me because I'm this 11-year-old kid. I just got saved the week prior in another church, mind you. But I was so hungry because I knew there was more. And he was talking about this Holy Spirit that from that moment on, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with being filled with the Holy Spirit, because that salvation you receive, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I began to speak in an unknown tongue that I couldn't make up at the age of 11. But it was like fire got lit in my spirit. And I became this... I don't even know how to explain it, but it was like everything just became color. Everything became alive. And I just became this Holy Spirit crazy person at school. And I just felt this boldness come on me that I had to tell everybody about Jesus. And my life hasn't really changed. So from the age of 11 on a daily basis, I've got to know the person of Holy Spirit, this fire that wasn't just a freaky force. It was something that literally overwhelmed me. And it was this power that came out inside of me. I became this person that, oh my gosh, everybody needs this. Everybody needs to experience this. And so for my every day from the age of 11 to now is I engage with the person Holy Spirit like I would Father and Jesus. And what I mean by that is I talk to him like a person, but I worship with him. I talk to him. I pray with him. My speaking in a prayer language is the thing that ignites my faith. And so the way I approach each day is Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, make your presence known to me. Make my eyes open to see others the way you see them. And Holy Spirit, help me, guide me, give me the keys. And it's hard to, to unpack in this short amount of time, but I've just purposed to know the person of Holy Spirit. And so I engage with him on a daily basis through worship, through the word, and through intimate relationship with him. And it's what keeps me buoyant and alive. And it just is throughout the day. I'll be in the car. Holy Spirit, what do I do here? Holy Spirit, what do I say here? Holy Spirit, what do I pray? I don't even know the words right now, but I'm going to begin to speak in my heavenly language. So this is literally an everyday, all day occurrence for me. I hope that no, it does. It, down. it totally does. Okay, so you said something, and I want to kind of pause and go back on. You said something about um, you had said yes to Jesus when you were 11 years old, and the next weekend, you can't explain it. It's not a force. It's, just, it's like presence. And and the the phrase that I want to latch on to is you said, I want more. And a, your encounter with that pastor in that Pentecostal church in Australia, it was Australia, right? Yeah. Yes, okay. Um, uh, that you said, I want more. I had that very same encounter, but I wish wow. I was at 11. It was at 23 in my whole wow. life. I'd been raised in church. I yep. was a good Christian girl. I didn't party. I didn't go out. Like I wasn't crazy. Um, and I loved God and I yeah. knew God and I believed in God, but the believing God for that power from on high that he promised to us was something different. Yeah. And I saw a 65-year-old woman with white hair and Caucasian woman talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in such a way that yeah. was like so natural. I was like, whatever yeah. she has, I want that. And like yes. you, um, 
I actually didn't speak in an, an unknown language when we prayed, but there was, I, I can't explain it, but a shift in my heart. Yeah. I, again, I feel so limited with language because you're putting language on this yeah. unknown thing or this unarticulable yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but I, my life forever changed, Alex. Yeah. My ambitions changed, my drive changed, my goals changed. Yeah. And so we spoke a little bit about like what that looks like for you on every day, but there's going to be someone out there who's listening saying, this is weird. Why do I need that? Jesus is my all sufficient. What do you say to him? What do you say to her? Well, I say, if Jesus needed it, so do we. And I'm going to talk about- Oh, no, you need to say that again. (laughs) Say it again, flip it and reverse it. (laughs) If Jesus needed it, we need it. And I want to tell you the difference of why Jesus moved in power. Because I think we just look at Jesus, holy one, anointed one, bringer of the Beatitudes, you know, healing and going about doing miracles. But I want you to backtrack and see that Jesus actually received the power of Holy Spirit at his baptism. Up until then, he's not really engaging in the power of his ministry, right? So he's growing in wisdom and stature Mm -hmm. and favor with God and man. And it says that at 30, he comes to get baptized. And it's at that point that his identity is sealed by the father. Heaven opens because of his obedience and heaven opens. And it says the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove and descended upon him and remained on him. It was that point then it said the spirit led Jesus into the wilderness Mm -hmm. and that is when he overcame the enemy with the power of the Holy Spirit on him. It talks many times about the Holy Spirit coming on and remaining on. He did it in the Old Testament, but this was the difference. Jesus was entering his priestly ministry and it was that baptism that actually Uh, was the transition for him to go into his ministry that outworked for others. And so the Holy Spirit comes on him, right? And from then on, he is only doing the work of the Spirit and the Father. So the Holy Spirit is on him to do the work through him. So he goes into the wilderness. He gets uh, tempted by the enemy. He overcomes the enemy by the third denial of not engaging in that. He then walks out full of power, full of authority with the spirit of God. That's then when he operates signs, wonders and miracles and is able to overcome the enemy at the cross. And that's why he says to his disciples, don't you dare go anywhere until that same Holy Spirit that descended upon me in the form of a dove Now it's going to descend on you like fire. John the Baptist baptized you with water, but I'm the one that now baptizes with fire. And this is the fire that changed the world. It wasn't the good news of the gospel. It it wasn't just the good news. I shouldn't say that. It wasn't just the good news of the gospel. It wasn't just good works. It was the power that operated through his disciples. They saw the dead raised. They saw healings. They saw deliverances. They preached the gospel with power. They operated in signs and wonders to the point that they, they went to martyrdom because of this. And I don't think as Christians that it's enough to have 
just the word because there are a lot of eloquent people out there. There are a lot of motivational Christians out there, but I want to be able to have power that sees a drug addict delivered from their addiction in one prayer. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see healings. I want to see the dead raised. I want to see healings under my hand. I want to see that when I preach, it actually has the power where the Holy Spirit rests on that word and actually does the work to bring transformation and change. Because as far as I'm concerned, I'm looking at the big church right now and I'm seeing a lot of people that are are saved but that don't walk in full freedom. And I actually believe that comes with the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm saying yes and amen. And the thing that I love is, and I know that people are listening and they might feel turned off, but there's going to be many that are inquisitive and just want to know more. I feel like you are whetting our appetite for the power of God. And I want to yeah. be careful because some of the, sometimes people hear like a uh, power and power of God and feel that there is a little bit of like self empowerment behind that. Yeah. But no. it is the opposite. And I think that you live this out so beautifully. So uh, Alex, I know I, I, we've had many conversations and I know the great work that's coming out of church. I want to kind of what is ask, like, what does this look like in practice and in praxis? So we're talking about being filled with the power of God, the Holy Spirit resting on us when we do what God's called us to do. So yeah. share with me a little bit, like, um, I just want to paint a picture that's so not just 3D, but 4D, where people, yeah. we don't just talk about Holy Spirit as a concept, but it's something that is applicable in ours. So can you tell me a story, yeah. something from church or in ministry, whether in teens, 20s, 30s, wherever, um, about when you saw the power of God rest upon you to do a work in his name? Yeah, I, I want to take you through the when I was formidi- forming my, my ability to move in Holy Spirit, because this is the thing about Holy Spirit. He gives us the gifts of the Spirit, right? Yes. So there are gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're for the good of others, right? So there's, you know, the, the, the gift of word of knowledge, the gift of prophecy, the gift of speaking in tongues, the gift of faith, the gift of healing. Like there's, there's these gifts, right? Yes. And so we have the fruits of the spirit, then we have gifts of the spirit and we operate in these gifts. And a lot of people will be like, oh, but that's just for the pastor or that's just, no, this is the equipping of the saints. The role of the pastor, prophet, evangelist, teacher um, is to equip the body and the, to move in those gifts, where to equip the saints. So for me, as a pastor now of a church, I'm equipping the body so that they can operate in these gifts and use it in their everyday. So when I was a young teenager, I was wanting to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And I remember I had had these beautiful encounters with the Holy Spirit. There was a pastor that always would say, the touch of God is for the task. It's for the use of others. Like, I'm being encountered by God so that I can fulfill his purpose, right? A lot of people, where they think it's weird is because so many Christians become self-absorbed and self-centered and they want the touch of God to be like um, a drug addict. Oh, let me get my fix so I can feel good about myself. But if you're not filling up and pouring out, then you just become a glutton of the spirit mm-hmm. and you, come at, you, you become a bit kooky. But the touch of God is so that you can be used by God. So when I was a young kid, I would practice this and say, okay, God, I want you to use me. I want, 
I want to be able to share my faith with somebody and show them that you love them. So I was on my school bus one day and I remember seeing this girl highlighted. There was just something about this girl that I was drawn to. And I, I said, God, do you want me to share something about you to her? And he's like, mm-hmm. wait, how old were you? happening. I was probably 15, 16. Okay, go. And so I'm in the, on the bus because we used to not catch school buses like the Americans do. We would have to catch the metro bus like in the city. And that we all just took the bus that took us home. And so you're with all types of people. You were with drunks. You were with weird people. You were with lovely people, business people, corporate people, students, other schools. Like, so you're just on a public metro bus. And so this girl I'd never seen before in my life, she just had a school uniform on. I had a school uniform. We didn't go to the same school. And something was highlighted. And I felt God gave me a word of knowledge for her. And I was like, oh my gosh, my heart's racing. I'm freaking out. Like, is she going to think I'm weird? What do I do? But I just remember moving out in faith and saying, hey, this is going to seem so weird, but I feel like I've got this message um, from the Lord. And this is going to sound so weird. And you might not know God and you might think I'm a bit crazy, but I'm just going to start by saying this. Do you know this person and gave the full name? No. Like full name. And she went, how the heck do you know that I know that person? And I said, well, God knows. And I said, and God wants to say these things to you. That, and I started to list whatever it was, you know, that he said. And she starts, tears start running down her eyes. And I said, God showed me that because that's how intentional and detailed he is about you. He knows every thought. He knows every bit about your life. And he's saying, if you give me your life, I will treasure it and I will lead you because he's got a great destiny and purpose for you. Well, this girl is bawling her eyes out. I'm able to share Jesus with her. She's like, how did you do that? Another case scenario where a girl was having uh, night terrors and it was just, it was actually demonic, like it was spiritual. And she was having a sleepover at my house. And I start speaking in my prayer language. And she's like, oh my gosh, Alex, every time you speak in your prayer language, I feel absolute peace come over me. And every time you stop speaking in your prayer language, I get fear again. And I said, well, do you want Jesus in your heart? Because actually I have full peace because Jesus is in my heart. She's like, yes. Wait, how old are you, Alex? Oh, again, I'm in, I'm in high school. You are an evangelist since the womb. I love it. (laughs) Literally. And this is what I'm telling you. When the Holy Spirit came on, there was a boldness because I'd encountered something supernatural. So I knew it wasn't me. It wasn't just, oh, I learned this in Bible study. I had encountered something. So now this is, can I just segue? Please. This is what it means to be witnesses. See, Acts 1.8 Acts 1, says, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all the ends of the earth. In order to be a witness, you have to have seen it with your own eyes. You've had to experience. You were there. You can't go to a court of law and bring hearsay just because you learned it in a book or you heard it from your pastor. The only witness that's allowed on the stand is the person that was there present at the time. Yes. Right? So... Jesus is saying, I need you to be witnesses to me, not hearsay talkers. So I had witnessed something with my own eyes, with my own life, and therefore now I'm able to bring it. And therefore I have authority in it because I've experienced it. And it's a power greater than yourself. So you can't withstand it. And it's the same with God. When you 
touch the source of where the power is. It, we are built as finite beings, but his power is so much greater. So he's saying, let me touch you so that you can experience my power so that when you come up out of that, you've encountered something that's supernatural. Now go and take it to somebody. And so when I would pray for people, they would fall under the power of God. And so this has been, I mean, I can tell you story after story after story of words of knowledge, of the prophetic, of healing to strangers that don't even know God and they've been healed. When God said, go pray for that person, go tell them about my love. So this is why it's so exciting. If you're a Christian or if you're just a new Christian and you think Christianity is all about rules and regulations, then you don't know our God because our Christianity is actually an adventure of the supernatural realm. I'm talking a lot. So no, I, Alex, that's why I brought you on. That's why I brought you on. I just feel like um, I want my online friends to meet my real life friends and learn from them. And I think that you are a well. So please don't edit yourself. Please don't stop talking. <laughs> I, I, pr- I promise you this is great. So, okay. So I'm going to back this up. Yeah. When you were on the bus and you were 11 years old, the first time yeah. was 11 years old, right? No, not when I did that. That because I w- wasn't allowed to catch the bus when I was eleven. This was, oh, when okay. I was in high school. Well, you eleven were high school. was when I got filled with the Holy. Oh, that's right. High Forgive school. me. Yeah. But you're on the bus. You were in Australia, yeah. and you feel and sense yeah. that you yeah. have to go speak to that individual person. I yeah. mean, let's go basics, Alex. Yeah. What did? No, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna also shed. I'm gonna talk about like how we could prophetically hear God. Um, yeah. But for you, what did that look like? Yeah, it was literally an impression. Like, so it's a thought. And this is where I think a lot of people overcomplicate God because he speaks in our thoughts. I mean, it's not Mm. audible. I have never in all my years of being a Christian, I've never heard the audible voice of God. I've sensed the voice of God. I've heard the voice of God in my heart. And when you are aligned with God in relationship with him, his thoughts become your thoughts because you're submitted and surrendered to him. So that's why you can hear him. And I'm in the word of God. So I can hear and learn to discern what his voice sounds like because I'm reading his voice in the word. And so those two are lining up. So then when I get this impression, what is it about that girl? But also backtrack, I'm asking God, um, show me, lead me. I'm prepared. I'm not just sitting there thinking about, you know, eating chocolate. I'm actually at home going, God, I want an opportunity to exercise my faith. I want to move in your spirit. So I'm hungering after that. So my thoughts are aligned with that. So when I see that girl, it's almost like she just gets highlighted to me. Like, why am I noticing her? Okay. And then I'm like, Lord, do you want to speak to her? And so then I think I feel my heart race. So I'm going, oh, my gosh, I think this is it. I think this is it. So, Lord, what do you want to say? She knows this person. Now, I'm not thinking about that person. So I'm going, who is that person? So the name that you got, got, the name that you got, you didn't know who who that person was. Yeah. So I'm going, you know, what is that name? So that's where I'm going. It got, has to be God. I'm not just pulling out this thing because right. I'm going, I'm thinking your thoughts. So then I'm going, well, I'm going to start with that because then if it's wrong, I know I'm completely off and I'm just <laughs> going to go, hey, where'd you get your shoes? You know, like <laughs> I'm just going to talk. So I'm always going to have a ba- I'm not going to go up and be like, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to be like, hey, this may seem really random and I'm going to start the conversation. 
And then she's like, hold on a minute. How did you know that? Mm. And I said, well, God revealed that to me. And I said, and I think God was, has a message for you. Now, I didn't know that she was actually seeking God in a way like, if you're real God, show yourself to me. See, we never know what the prayer on the other side is. But if we're willing to be obedient, you just never know what God's going to do. And so my heart is racing. I'm as scared as any human. It's not like I'm full of boldness. I'm being timid, and I, but I'm testing the water and I'm stepping out. But when she was like, yes, I do know that person. And then I'm like, okay, I said, this is going to feel maybe weird. And if, if, if it doesn't resonate, just throw it out. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and say X, Y, Z. And she was, that's when she starts crying. And I know I've hit something. Mm. And what it did is it built my faith for the next time I sensed something. And I have always, like there was a day that I was sitting on a plane and I didn't know this girl was self-harming. And I felt God say she's a self-harmer. And I just started conversation. Now, I didn't start with that. Like you don't go, hey, the Lord has told me you're a (laughs) self-harmer. You know, you don't start with that. You've got to learn to be sensitive. But I began to speak of the things. What I began to do is tell my own testimony Mm -hmm. of self-hatred and self-loathing and how, you know, because she was like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I preach the word of God. But, you know, this is later on in life. And and then, I, and then as we built this relationship and as I could tell she was open and I said, I know that you probably have struggled with depression and maybe even as far as self-harming, would I be correct? Like that's how I approached it. Yeah. Well, she then starts crying, opens up her sleeve and shows me the cuts on her arms. Wow. And I said, do you... I said, I know somebody who can heal you for the trauma. I said, the self-harm's just the symptom. But the trauma, there was a wound that happened to you. Do you know that I know Jesus and he can heal that wound? Well, we, I led her to Jesus. We prayed. I stayed in contact with her. That's the power of listening to the voice of Holy yes. Spirit and then being able to bring Jesus and healing to a person. Sometimes I've had the conversation with people and they've not been ready to give their lives to Jesus, but a seed has been sown. Absolutely. And this is why we're always on mission. Wherever we walk, wherever we go, whether you're in the grocery store, whether you're in the, I mean, I have stopped people and just gone, I know this may sound weird, but are you okay? And they're like, yes, I'm fine. All right, no problem. You know, I have just stepped out. Sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't, but more than not, it's worked. And so this is where... I'm on mission to bring Jesus to a generation. And the most beautiful thing is, is when they see that God sees them, it opens their heart and disarms them. And that's really what the Holy Spirit does. I love this. Okay. My hope and my heart in, in even just having a conversation about this is that somebody who has been sensing or feeling or knowing or hearing the voice of God that they actually take that first step. So yeah. like you, Alex, um, I was 23, the first time that I actually heard a theological understanding that resonated in my heart about yeah. the nature, the triune nature of God, Father, yeah. Son, Holy Spirit, God, the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and it was probably like six to nine months later that I could pinpoint and identify feeling that God was 
asking me to speak out a word of knowledge. Yeah. But it's that it's it's that ledge. Um, it's like you're standing on a ledge. Yeah. We will never be able to step into the fullness of what God has called us. And when he says to be his hand and his feet, we don't get the privilege and the honor unless we have the courage to step out. So your 100%. teenage years of stepping out to that woman on the bus, my 20 something years, I'm hoping that if there is a 30, 40, 50, 60 year old listening to this podcast, it is not too late that we yeah. can be empowered through the power of God's spirit to be bold and be his hands and his feet and the blessing of that. Alex, really quick. Will you talk to me about the blessing of walking under the power of the Holy Spirit? So we talk about the beginning of the understanding of the Holy Spirit, um, the outworking of Holy Spirit. But I want to talk about the blessing too. I just love the flow of the conversation. You're on a roll, there sister. Don't so stop. There are so many me. blessings. There are so <laughs> many blessings. Imagine having like Jesus as a person who's beside you 24-7 in real time, that's what you've got when you have Holy Spirit mm -hmm. with you. It's like having the person who knows everything, the wisest person, the most loving person, the most comforting person, the most honest mm -hmm. person, the most, the best friend, the, the most best friend you could ever, 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 ever have. That's who I have in Holy Spirit. So when I live with him, like in relationship, the blessings that come from that is that I have all the fruits of the spirit, peace, joy, love, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, long suffering, like patience, goodness, like faithfulness. All those gifts are a blessing to me. I live in a realm of peace. Like I have, I can't even explain. There are so many anxious Christians that it bothers me. It, bothers me that as a son or daughter of God, that you can be full of anxiety. It bothers me that what Jesus purchased on the cross and died and rose again for that we don't live in the fullness of. So the blessings of Holy Spirit is that you get to live in a realm of peace, favor, uh, honor, boldness, fearlessness. Like there is no fear in my life. I don't live with a spirit of fear. I live with a fullness. And do I have bad days? Absolutely. Do I have traumatic circumstances come against me? Absolutely. Do I have everyday instances that try and take me out? hundred percent. But do they take me out? No. Mm. Am I under oppression? No. Do I live under fear? No. There's a blessing that comes with living with Holy Spirit that you learn to overcome every obstacle, every situation, every heartache, and you get to experience something that is so profound and it's what humanity is hungry for. It's what even Christians are longing for. That half-bakedness is because I believe they've not been awakened to the person of Holy Spirit. I think the half-bakedness is because they're living a set of rules and regulations because they know it's good morality. Like I need good morals in my life. I need, you know, a, a framework for my life, but I'm not living out of the overflow of a relationship that enables me to live free. Mm -hmm. And the blessing, honestly, the ultimate blessing of Holy Spirit is my true freedom. I don't say this lightly, Bianca, but, and I know that you can attest to this in me, but I live truly free. Mm -hmm. I see so many insecure people that preach the gospel. I see people who have got empires under them, but are still riddled 
with insecurity. And honestly, that's not true blessing. True blessings to me is when I can sit in a room and if nobody likes me, I'm still good with myself. I don't care if you you don't like me. I don't care because if God is for me, who can be against me? These aren't just coined phrases. I do live in a place of absolute freedom that I don't live bound by the the opinion of man. I don't live bound by having to strive to get somewhere to feel good about myself. And if anything, if I never did another thing for the rest of my life, living in this realm of peace and freedom is all the blessing that I need in my life. Mm. And so I think it's available to all of us, but you've got to get to know the person of Holy Spirit, not just the religious understanding of Holy Spirit. Alex, I want to thank you for always, always calling us to rise. And um, for people who are listening and are hungry and they want that more that you encountered at the age of 11, that I encountered at the age of 23, will you do me a favor? Will you pray over us, myself included? Because I want a fresh overflow of the presence of God, Holy Spirit to be made manifest in my life. Will you pray for us as we kind of close out the podcast? Absolutely. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you gave us your Holy Spirit. You and Holy Spirit are one. So when we know you, we know him. But God, I pray that there are people right now listening, that there has been like a taste, like a hunger that has just developed right now, an appetite for more of you. God, you are so simple that you said if Parents, like fathers in the natural, on earth, even though they are evil, even though they're full of sin, even they will give good gifts to their kids. Like if we ask for bread, you won't give us a stone. They won't give their kids a stone. If you ask for fish, they won't give you, you know, they won't give you a scorpion. God, it says in your word in Luke 11 that I am your father. And if if you ask for Holy Spirit, how much more? Will I give you Holy Spirit if you ask? That's all we need to do. Just the posture of being in the, in the posture of asking. And so God, I pray right now that every person that wants more, that wants to encounter you more, all they have to do is ask. Father, would you reveal your Holy Spirit to me in a fresh way? Father, will you empower me with your Holy Spirit in a new, fresh baptism of fire? Would you give me the Holy Spirit that you promise in your word time and time and time again? Father, I pray that everybody that is hungry and thirsty, that you would fill them to overflowing. God, you promise that if we ask, we'll receive. If we seek, we'll find. And if we knock, the door will be open to us. So God, I pray that the Holy Spirit today would be made so present that all we have to do is say, Holy Spirit, would you reveal yourself to me? And I promise you that you will encounter the Holy Spirit because he wants to reveal himself more to you than you even want it. So God, I pray today that you would empower your listeners, that you would empower these believers right now that are listening in and that you would come in a fresh, fresh outpouring over their lives so that they not not only will be fresh, but they would be able to be used by you for others. So God, would you come? And would you pour out your spirit on all flesh, just like you promised in Joel 2.28 and in Acts? Would you pour out your spirit on your sons and daughters that we would prophesy, that we would see visions, that we would dream dreams, and that there would be a part of our faith that awakens 
like never before. So we ask and we know that you keep a good name and your good name says yes and amen. Wasn't Alex awesome? My hope is that you feel revved up and ready to live life empowered by the Spirit of God. If this podcast was a resource for you, you could share it on social media and tag at Alex Seeley and at Bianca Oltoff. And for two lucky winners, I'll send you a copy, not just of Alex Seeley's newest book, The Opposite Life, but one of my favorite books on understanding the Holy Spirit. When I heard about the Spirit of God, I was still really confused and had lots of questions. But Robert Morris's book, The God I Never Knew, was transformational for me. If you share this podcast on social media, you'll be entered to win these two books as my free gift to you. We're going there as a new podcast, and I would love if you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and left a review to help spread the word. I'm forever grateful for those who have left reviews. It warms my heart, and I'm so encouraged to keep producing podcasts for my online friends. I can't wait to chat next week.